Hello, you're listening to the Brainy Speech Therapist podcast. We're your hosts, Helen McLean and Jan McIntosh-Brown. Here, we aim to look at all aspects of brain injury, from the research to the rehabilitation, and always through the lens of speech and language therapy. Hi everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brainy Speech Therapist podcast. I'm Jan McIntosh-Brown and tonight I am joined by two speech and language therapy students who recently completed a placement in a brain injury rehab unit and they have agreed to share their insights and reflections. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. Uh, So yeah, over to you. Um, Hi, I'm Saskia and I'm a third year speech and language therapy student at University of Strathclyde. Um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland but studying in Glasgow at the minute. Um, I'm Lucy and I'm pretty much the same as Saskia. I'm a third year student at University of Strathclyde and I'm also from Northern Ireland. Interesting that you're both from Northern Ireland. <laughs> Did you know each other before the course? No. no. <laughs> so your friendships just blossomed as part of your placement. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, why speech and language therapists, girls? Um, to be honest, I didn't really know much about it. So I applied in sixth form, so we were like 17. 17. Yeah, so I was originally thinking maybe psychology, stuff like that. And then my brother told me about speech and language therapy. And how, then how did he know about Because he knows someone who's a speech therapist. So... Yeah, I just researched into it and I thought I'll apply to that and I got in. So yeah. Great. And yourself, Saskia? Um, well, for me, I always knew that I wanted a career that involved working with people. Um, originally, I was like, oh, I want to be a teacher. Um, and then I decided, no, actually, I think speech and language therapy is the one for me. Um, I wanted to be able to make um, that real impact in someone's life. And also, um, from research I found out that speech therapy um, it's a really diverse career and I think a lot of the times when you tell someone um, you do speech and language therapy they just assume it's just helping children speak and although that's a huge part of it um, I think this placement's definitely shown that it is so much more than that so yeah that's a very interesting <laughs> insight we'll dig into that a little bit deeper so what did you know about people with brain injuries before your placement? Mm. Any personal experience of no, people in your life? No, we just had a few lectures last year, didn't we? Yeah. Maybe like, that was on TBI. Mm-hmm. So, I guess coming so here... So TBI is traumatic brain injury. Yeah. yeah. Coming here you get to see like all the different ideologies and... Um, yeah. yeah, like we had a few lectures in the last yeah. year, but I feel like it meant we knew quite a lot like a bit of the theoretical knowledge, but didn't really have a clue how to um, practically apply that. And I know for me, I had no like, personal experience. No, I didn't. No one anyone with brain injury. No, I've never met anyone with a brain injury until I came here. Yeah, You've never met anyone that you knew had a well, brain yeah. injury. Well, yeah. Because as we say, it's that hidden chronic uh, disability that you, you might be sitting next to someone on the bus and think, mm, okay, but you don't actually know yeah. if... Um, they yeah. have a brain injury so this placement definitely makes you think like anybody 
you come across could have a brain injury, which wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, because everyone goes out through different yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so, when you think about your lectures in TBI last year, so that would have been second year? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like any, like, what were the, some of the key things that you took from there that have sort of played out in the placement for you? Um, well, they were online lectures, weren't they? Yeah. So, yeah, but I think I remember talking about a lot of the assessments, so it was good to be able to actually see them in yeah. practice. Because doing an assessment for a Zoom screen is <laughs> definitely not the same as actually getting to do the assessment on yeah, someone. Definitely. And even just a little bit you don't think about. Like even like, you know, what materials you need to bring with you to do the assessment. Mm. Like last week I did part of the Brisbane and you needed the like stethoscope even like you wouldn't think about that. No. In, yeah. Know. Well we didn't really get much insight into what the assessment like entailed, so it was good to actually be able to look through them all and see how you actually do them. And do you have a favourite assessment at this point then? Ooh. <laughs> I like the tacit. Yeah, I was going to say, we really enjoyed doing the tacit on each other. Yeah, it was good. I found it quite hard though, for the first The, the first, first time part, we did it, yeah. In terms of, be, because you did it, one person was the examiner and one person was the person being examined. Yeah, we did it in turn, didn't we? And which part did you find? most hard the first bit i can't remember what it's called the emotions bit but yeah. but in terms yeah. of you know well, being, being the, the examiner oh, or yeah, being the yeah. examinee being the examinee yeah <laughs> did you feel under pressure yeah i think you definitely did yeah i enjoyed um doing the brisbane the standard level one and um, i got to do it last week and then we flipped up and yeah i enjoyed it and it's quite helpful the way you know it lays out exactly what you need to do yeah What's the stethoscope for? Um, it's like you just—it's one of the objects you place oh. in the room and to ask. Um, That's quite good. Can you show me what is this and what does it mean? Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I—I like the tacit. I like the favours or favours. Mm. Yeah, we liked a lot. Depending on how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, I always get in trouble with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's great that you actually got to bring something from your lectures and then see it um, in your experience it with yeah. live talking walking people <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so um, how much did you know before coming about what you were going to experience did you get any sort of prep before you came on your placement um, well I know you sent us um, an article on cognitive communication and I feel like that was Sheila McDonald, let's McDonald's. give Sheila yeah. a plug yeah. <laughs> and I think that probably provided us both with yeah. a greater insight because I think prior to even reading that um, I think you always think things are going to be more clear cut and straightforward than they are like someone has aphasia, someone has like a motor speech problem, someone has dyspraxia but actually like someone can have multiple things and you, mm -hmm. I think when you're learning your theory, you don't really consider how complex people can be. It would be nice if people just fitted in a little box, yeah, wouldn't like it? I remember asking you, I think, one of my first days was like, oh, do you see many people with aphasia? And you were like, well, 
not that straightforward. <laughs> I think that was a good insight yeah. to have going forward. I think with that article as well, like when you read it before you come on placement, you're like, don't really take it all in. You're like, what does this mean? But now if you read it now, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense, <laughs> sense which is yeah. so good. Yeah, so how those cognitive skills mm. impact on a person's communication, you can see it in real life I'm, I'm thinking about the people that you worked with and mm-hmm. you know how memory and and disinhibition and impulsiveness and mm-hmm. all of those things that were impacting on their communication yeah. insight and awareness and social communication and yeah yeah, yeah. I don't think I really considered how like insight is so important into someone's difficulties and how their personal insight can really impact on their the, the development and their recovery. Like I hadn't thought about that at all mm-hmm. before I came here. And now I we're thinking about it a lot. I know. Like the rationale behind DNSs is quite those same things that yeah. if you don't think about it, but now we know like so much. Yeah. Put the top of your head now. <laughs> Especially with your vivas coming up. Oh yeah. <laughs> And you've probably got some questions you'd like to ask the audience, but unfortunately you'll have probably have your vivas yeah. before you could get any answers to your <laughs> questions. So that's questions that I haven't been able to answer. So yes, uh, you've come up with some good questions for me. And I think that's something that's important, isn't it? Is to come, like your, your supervisors don't know everything. You know, we're learning too. And I really valued you guys coming and, you know, really engaging in the clinical discussion and asking me questions that I didn't know the answer to and also giving me some answers to questions, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm still learning. Yeah. Thank goodness I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. Um so so you mentioned dysarthria and you mentioned aphasia and motor speech issues and were there other things that you were expecting to see? So maybe not communication or, you know, maybe not specifically communication? Um, I think mainly for me, like memory and speech processing, yeah. um, were finding difficulties. Um, yeah. I think we did see. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, probably everyone. Yeah. So you do see some of the stuff that you expect to see, but also things that you never even saw. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the thing that we've worked on, isn't it, is how those difficulties impact on daily life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges that you know you can get bogged down in impairment and diagnosis and things, but it's about taking that step back and thinking. And so, what are the daily tasks this person needs to yeah. fulfil, and what can I do to support them with that? Yeah, I think one thing that really challenged me was how can I make this person's communication functional for their everyday life? Because um, I think, yeah, your session plan's more than just, okay, I'm doing this to fulfil this goal, but actually, how can this be replicated into life? And I think that, especially towards the end of the placement, mm-hmm. that's what I really tried to focus on. Because at the end of the day, these people do want to go out into the world and be able to yeah make what they've learned here and put that into practice yeah there's a lot of questions definitely especially when you're um thinking of like these people want to go back to their jobs and go back to work Mm -hmm. and think of ways to like help them 
achieve that goal. And how many communication interactions do they have throughout their day? Mm -hmm. And can we break that task down into discrete skills? And how are we going to help that person mm -hmm. achieve success and at all those stages to then be successful overall? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if we did talk about, but that's what rehab is, isn't it? I've, I often think about it as making the implicit explicit and practicing it until it becomes implicit again you know so we, we tear apart the communication we, we tease apart all the bits that are required to order a copy and we practice all those things again and again and again until the person can just go I'm gonna go and order a copy and it's gonna happen yeah yeah so challenging Definitely. <laughs> yeah um, okay, so you had some expectations before you came to your placement. Do you want to share any of them? In the Lagoon, like, I think I kind of, I kind of said probably, probably like in the previous cases, didn't really consider much else. Have you um, seen anybody with just the face? No. <laughs> 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 no. Um, also, it was probably said to myself but quite nervous apprehensive about coming because I'd never worked um, with this current group before um, you've never had adults before have you no this is all quite new um don't know exceeded my expectations hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never really I didn't know what a rehab center was really I thought I might be quite like a hospital or yeah but it actually wasn't was different to what I thought it was and it was a lot more like relaxed because I thought of it as being very like a lot of pressure and busy and but actually they don't even the service users don't have to attend any of the sessions if they don't want to it's all very like on them what they want to do so it's that's good. a really important point Lucy, yeah. you know yeah. and I think that goes back a little bit to insight as well doesn't it that mm while while we want to offer people the best opportunity to have rehab and regain or relearn skills that it's ultimately up to the person mm -hmm. and up to how does a person know that they 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 they, they would benefit from coming to a communication therapy session if what we hear i'm mm -hmm. sure you heard it i can talk my speech is fine yeah. you know? <laughs> so they're like why do i need a speech therapist you know mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i also really love like the aspect of groups yeah the groups. i love the groups yeah the gr i think for us like the groups was a quite a big highlight <laughs> um yeah they were good even all the music quizzes and the pop quizzes yeah. they were good as well like what was it we did the music group of psychology yeah that was quite good like doing like all the activities with the other professions so yeah it was good yeah whereas i don't think i think sometimes when you think you can maybe doing like speech and language therapy people you do think it's just on a one-to-one -one basis um mm -hmm. whereas group therapy i think is so valuable um yeah and there's so many different types of groups as well there's a, literally a group for everything you do have to like I didn't realise how adaptable you had to be, like, yeah. if 
you don't know what's gonna happen, he's gonna show up if anyone shows up. Someone might walk out of your group halfway through because they've had enough or... Distraction's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think even picking where to have your groups, what rooms. You have to think about everything. Yeah, Yeah, that's something I didn't expect to be doing on six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you both jumped into the deep end from memory. <laughs> I, I, you turned up, I think it was week two, and I said, you can do the introduction for our social skills group. Yeah. And you both jumped into the deep end and got on with it, which mm-hmm. was fantastic. And I mean, I guess when I, I think about groups as well, you've seen quite a variety in people's abilities, haven't you? Yeah. And having, as you were saying, Lucy, having to adapt and... Mm-hmm be flexible and yeah like even though you're doing the same type of group what you mm-hmm. do with one group of people um that are higher functioning is so different and to what you do with the others i know even thinking of like what task would be appropriate for absolutely everyone in the group because we were that totally struggled with yeah because yeah. we want to do some writing stuff and then not everyone can write and you have to think really think of what like people's abilities are before you can come up with a task for everyone to yeah. And also it would just hard to make it enjoyable, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Saskia. I love to have a bit of fun, yeah, you know. Like, and not enough to let them off. They're bored, but I think they do have fun. And <laughs> yeah. Like, we certainly did. I know. I mean, we all learn better when we're having a bit of fun, don't we? Yeah. Nobody wants to be, feel like they're being... I, I have to confess, when I meet with new people, I always say to them, Oh, physio is great. You get to go to the gym and go swimming. OT, you're out buying shopping in the kitchen, cooking meals. Psychology, you get to do all these puzzles and work things out. Speech and language therapy, back in school, reading and writing, listening and answering <laughs> questions, you know. So yeah. I think we have to spice ours up a little bit, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, we, we do try i think i see the group whatever the the context of the group is the overarching or the underlying goals are always social communication interaction conversation skills you know so even if we might be having a debate or we might be having a quiz that's kind of the theme but the what we're really targeting is negotiation and compromise and listening and all of those sort of interaction skills so you would have seen lots of that yeah in your time with us yeah yeah lots of different groups yeah i guess um i would maybe i'm a bit old-fashioned and maybe my ideas are are no longer really current but I always had this perception before I worked with people with brain injuries that, um, that, that I would see a lot of challenging behaviour. And when I say challenging behaviour, my concept of that before I worked in this field was, you know, aggressive behaviour or sexualized behaviour. Mm-hmm. We, do, we do generally see a lot of challenging behaviour in terms of people not wanting to get up or not wanting to come to sessions or refusing medication but my concept before coming here was it's all about aggression and sexualized behavior what has been your experience of that um i think before i came i definitely did think what if people are gonna have these challenging behaviors and yeah i guess 
that made me a bit nervous. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I didn't. I don't think. For, it wasn't like what I expected, like the challenging behaviours, because I thought it would be all like violence, but the challenging behaviours I saw was like sexualised language, not wanting to come to sessions, so it was probably a lot easier to manage than violence, but it was still different to what I thought it would be. Yeah. How about you, Saskia? What yeah, was your experience? Kind of, yeah, I'm kind of the same, like I just thought it would be... Yeah, sometimes when you think of brain injury, you do have that misconception that yeah. it is, yeah, people are going to be aggressive, aggressive yeah. and it is going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, what Lucy's saying is so right, um, it was a, a much more lower scale than that. Yeah. And I think anything that we, we could handle, whatever kind of behaviour yeah. we came against. It was difficult sometimes because yeah. obviously we're students and we don't know really what to do someone I should say on the podcast <laughs> there were always staff members with yes, yes. Lucy and Saskia they weren't thrown into the deep end completely yeah. but uh, yes yeah. yeah you do have to be adaptable mm-hmm. and I think <clears throat> the people were kind of they were just normal people a lot of the time and you know you don't always think about that and like yeah a lot of the time you know I'd be walking along the corridors and they just different people would just want to chat mm-hmm. and that's so important and that you can't just because they have a brain injury you can't like write people off as they just want to chat and um, see how we're doing and I, I think I really appreciated that and they'd yeah, be walking around really nice, actually. and like some of the services Make like sense. oh how are you doing today like yeah. what do you have on and it was just yeah it was really nice and they just are normal people I think it made us feel more like welcome, less nervous and stuff like that so yeah it was definitely nice to have a chat with the service users because it gets you used to speaking with people who do have a brain injury and now like at the start of this session I was a bit scared but now I feel fine speaking with someone who's got a brain injury so yeah. You know from having done lots of groups for many years what what I find the most challenging is managing social communication you know so you're going to have maybe five or six people and you know someone might be a little negative or something and then you know you're trying to manage that within the context of other people how do you give that person a prompt in a respectful confidential way so that you can you know direct them back onto the to the easy communication that you're trying to promote, you know, and so, uh, you know, I think, I think as speech and language therapists, we, we need to be comfortable with our discomfort. We're the experts in communication, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will avoid situations that are uncomfortable, but we actually need to be brave and put ourselves in there with those dis- uncomfortable situations that you're like oh gosh this is like this is a faux pas or this is just so awkward i don't know quite what to do here but be the be the brave person and step into that situation mm-hmm. and go okay this is what we're doing this is the you know i've got a few sayings that people who have worked with me you know 
kind of know me for, you know, it's polite and friendly or light and bright, you know, we're being light and bright today and just moving the conversation on. You become an expert at just, oh, look the lovely weather we've got outside today and distraction and all those strategies just to n not focus on the behavior that you are trying to manage, but yeah. actually bringing the person back to where we want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I find most challenging every day, <laughs> you know, being open and honest with people and giving them very specific feedback. Mm -hmm. And because that's what they're, that's what people are here for, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so what what did you like the best about your placement? What did you hate? Supervision. <laughs> they hated supervision. <laughs> okay, um, so what was your highlight? I think we both said like cigarettes. Oh <laughs> yes, really you did say that. Sorry, not yeah. very good listening on my no, behalf. Well, yeah, we both really like cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Was there a group you specifically liked? Words, <laughs> Words <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? So, because you did a lot of the la planning in your last days, didn't you? In your last placement days. Yeah, we did the whole group. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Third year doing the group <laughs> with a speech and language therapist present. Of but course. Not me, but our other. Yeah. Yes, so tell us a little bit about the group. Um, so it's the language group, mm -hmm. um, which focuses on different um, things like word, word finding. Um, or even like semantically disturbing things, like different word games, and we try to make it really fun and interactive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we try to make everything into a game, and <laughs> sometimes a competition, <laughs> which yeah. is just a joy. So sometimes the, the games don't go too well. <laughs> the drawing ones. <laughs> we'll not tell us about that. Oh, come on, everybody like, likes to hear about. Or they don't go to plan, but I say. As a whole, like people enjoyed it, and I yeah. think as well, it is adapting to each person in your group, um, and how much support each person will require. Yeah, I think it's well liked by the people as well, isn't it? The people yeah. in the group. Yeah, I think from, generally, from like, people are keen to come along. Yeah, you know, words matter. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just like us. <laughs> Well, there's lots of research that shows that if you have a good therapeutic relationship, you do get more out of it. So, so like I said in your feedback, never ever, you know, discredit your your interpersonal skills because they would they will take you a long way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, yeah, on top of everything else, of course. <laughs> I think I also another thing I really enjoyed about this placement um, was I really valued the inpatient experience. Okay, yeah. Um, and just building up that like rapport and that relationship and yeah. um, with the different service users because like we were so so blessed that like we could see the same people over and over hopefully, again yeah. hopefully um which I really appreciated yeah because some some people's placements if they're like community based or something they won't see the same patients every week whereas we can and that was really helpful for our exam so we're quite lucky that we could do that. And I also think like it just helped, um, and you could really see then the progress that the person made over what we've been here for two months. Yeah, um, definitely. Over that time, like I've been reflecting on that today, like mm -hmm. the progress. It makes you feel like you've done something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
yeah, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, yeah. We are so fortunate. Yeah. I just, I, um, whenever I'm recruiting a speech and language therapist, I say, you know, if you want to be, if you want an opportunity to develop, you know, your actual therapy impair, impairment, but within a, that, that context we've talked about, about making it functional, mm-hmm. um, skills that you can repeat and repeat that this is a great great model for that you know because as a speech and language therapist I can determine without too much question how much intervention a person receives Mm -hmm. and I can I can vary that across time and depending on the person's needs you know we don't typically have people for for extended length of time but even across a, a three to six month period, mm-hmm. I can put a little bit extra in or take a little bit out depending on mm-hmm. the caseload, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, very fortunate. Definitely. I also thought it was quite good how closely everyone works, like in the multidisciplinary thing. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. went to a few team meetings, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And how much like input from different professionals one person actually gets. Yeah. It's quite a lot, I think. And everybody values everybody else's input. Yeah, I think that's that's there across you know all settings. But we are again very fortunate to be able to work very closely. Like we are, we are an NDT, you know. So mm-hmm. we we work together in a multidisciplinary team. For those that are listening, um, all right. So we're drawing to an end. What advice would you give to any any maybe people considering speech and language therapy? or students and or students that are considering or looking for a placement and thinking, oh, brain injury, mm, not sure. Mm. Any advice for people? Um, I would say come into it with an open mind. Um, each person with a brain injury presents completely differently. So take each person like as they come. Um, don't be condescending as well. It's very difficult, isn't it, yeah. sometimes? I've listened to myself back <laughs> on tape and I've gone, oh my goodness, listen to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, quite often they are like middle-aged or older adults as well. That's a really good insight, Lucy, that, you know, you're... Not we. You are young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Females, and what's the majority of our... People, like middle-aged older adults, and males. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we will often get feedback about yeah. from our, our people saying, "Oh, this young lassie, she's not even old enough to be my daughter, telling me to get in the shower." <laughs> you know, not us, but yeah. telling me to get in the shower. You know, so yeah. you know that is that's a very good point to. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's where your feedback on your interpersonals that you are thinking about that and reflecting on that. Well done. Yeah, Saskia, what are your thoughts, advice? Um, brain injury isn't scary. <laughs> I think it's so yeah. hard. Um, as Lucy said, yeah, there's a lot of the case we hear anyway, it's like older adults. And yeah. But they're just normal people. And I think it's important not to forget that. Um, they all have goals as well. And to think, like, yeah, just the, even in sessions, like the informal part's really important and like, having 
competitions and catching up which I find remember that and like best mm-hmm. um, but that's also a part of your role as a speech and language therapist but yeah like summary brain injuries again that's a really good point Saskia because I remember one of our previous consultants neuropsychologist consultant um, talking about his research now I didn't read the research and I don't have the paper but he ex- uh, shared a piece of research from GP practices and it was about patient experience or patient outcomes and the research showed that the GPs that took that little bit of time to sit with the person and ch- talk to them and find out about them the patients actually reported much improved experience and outcomes than the GP that just went right what we do uh, yeah do, you yeah. know so that's a really good point there you know just I, I, I hope that I always do you know start things with how are you and mm-hmm. just even a few minutes of mm-hmm. talk to me about what's going on for you you know yeah and that's like I think one thing I really learned from you and like having sessions watching it on your sessions you always started with that and like that's what I think I'd want to do in the future yeah to get the conversation going perhaps puts the person in at the yeah, front yeah. you know yeah girls I really appreciate your time this is it placement over yes <laughs> successful placement over yes <laughs> okay um and so I yeah, appreciate all your insights, I appreciate all your hard work, I appreciate the contributions you've made to our service and our people. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much. I wish you all the very best for the future, um, wherever your future may take you. Um, certainly talk us up to the students, yes, the second year students. No, thank you. We'd love to have some more students come and spend time with us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. We thank you. Really help. appreciate it, all the work yeah, team. All the help. Both done. We're experts now. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are of the individual and should not be considered professional advice. If you have a brain injury, suspect you have a brain injury, or think someone you know has a brain injury, please seek dedicated professional advice.